it's the it's the run it's the run for me man on the um that run that jasmine sullivan does at the end of that song insecure with her and um bryson tiller um it's the run for me man it's <laughs> jasmine a monster man but that run gets stuck in my head and i will sing that thing no i won't say that no more I will sing that run all day long. <laughs> no, I won't. She like run all the work. And she, she runs no, I won't all together. So it goes, no, I won't. <laughs> oh, man. That's a great song, man. Her and Jasmine. I mean, her and Bryson Tiller. Jasmine Sullivan, Bryson Tiller. Uh, the name of the song is Insecure. It's from the Insecure soundtrack. Um, I've never seen a single episode of Insecure, but... Um, that song popped up on my, uh, recommended list, um, probably cause I was listening to a bunch of Jasmine Sullivan joints and, um, that was just one of the joints that popped up on title and, uh, um, I love the song, man. Bryson Tiller got washed, but who wouldn't get washed? It's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's Jasmine Sullivan on your joint. You know what I mean? She, she's going to wash you. <laughs> she's going to wash you, you know, um. But I guess that I don't know if it's Bryson Tiller's song or if it's her song or if they shared the song. But um, yeah, Bryson Tiller got washed on that joint. But Bryson Tiller ain't known for you know his vocal capabilities. He's he's more so. Well, yeah, he's a singer, so he's known for his vocal capability. But he's more he's not a you know a top tier vocalist. Like people don't automatically default to him when they talk about top tier vocalists. So um, so I, yeah, I would let Jasmine Sullivan wash me too. You know, but. In the case of like, say like, what's that Keisha Cole and Monica joint where Keisha Cole got washed in her own song? See, that's bad because Keisha Cole is known as a vocalist of sorts. I mean, when she's not yelling. Um, and Monica, of course, has been a songbird that we've known since the 90s. So um, I forget the name of the song that they're on together, but Keisha Cole gets washed on her. And it's Keisha Cole's song. She gets washed on her own joint. Um, but yeah, whatever. Um yeah, I just had to bring that to y'all. <laughs> this is the Tired of Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. And um, y'all been wilding in the email. <laughs> That's why I didn't even want to set up the email. Y'all been wilding in the email, man. I haven't even got a chance to even get to all those questions that's in there. Um, y'all been wilding in the email. It's uh, it's good, though. Um for those that aren't aware, I did set up an email. It is the tired of talking pod at gmail.com email address. Um, tired of talking pod. That is T I R E D O F T A L K I N G P O D at gmail.com. Um, that's the email address that I'm using to communicate with y'all for now until. Till we start, you know, going live and doing all the other stuff when I finally get this whole this house here. Um, and that's what I'm going to use to communicate with y'all for the time being. Um, someone asked a question, though. Um, they sent me a clip, actually. They put a clip in there and they asked me if I, uh, you know, what was my thoughts on it? And I thought I definitely don't want to turn this into. I don't mind these questions from time to time. It just won't be a thing going forward. Like I won't. Um, 
Like, I don't really be caring about, like, things that go viral and all of that stuff. I don't, I'm not on social media as much anymore. I'm really just on LinkedIn. That's really the only thing that, um, that's really the only thing that I've been on as of late um, is LinkedIn. And the only time I really go to, like, Instagram or, like, Twitter is if someone sends me a link. Usually, like, a friend of mine will put it up in the chat. My sister is very goofy. She sends me links to stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram all day long. So, um. And most of the time, it's like jokey stuff. It's not really viral things. Um, but um, yeah, uh, she sent me a link. I got a link to. Uh, I actually got a link to this. Um, I guess something that happened recently uh, with a restaurant owner, and um, I'm assuming the ladies there started like. It was a black owned restaurant and, you know, uh, I don't know where it was at. I don't know if it was in Atlanta or New Orleans or where I don't know where I don't know where it was at. But um, apparently, like the DJ was playing music and the girls, the women there started getting a little, you know, you know, out there, you know, out. They was out there twerking and standing on tables and chairs or whatever. Um, and, you know, um they turned it into like a club and then he must have came out of nowhere he had came out of well he came back there because he was embarrassed about it being a, a restaurant where you know they were you know twerking and stuff like that this is the owner of the restaurant and you know he basically told him like yo um he just told him like yo like this is a restaurant like it's in between two clubs. If you want to, you know, shake your ass or whatever, like go to those clubs. But this is a restaurant. I created this restaurant um, because black people didn't have a place to go to where they weren't discriminated against, you know. Um, and I wanted to be more of an upscale restaurant. I wanted to be, you know, um, comparable to the upscale restaurants that um, other people go to, you know, uh, and the ones that we get turned away from and the ones that we go viral for, for being turned be being turned down service to you know so he kind of he went off on him he went off on him about that um and um i can hear the oohs and ahs because he was like using like you know he was using his language like you could tell he was he was pissed you know like these women was like twerking and stuff in his restaurant the dj was playing music and um you know i was kind of caught in between um you know, just I'm I'm not I'm never for like men governing women. You know, I'm just I let you do whatever it is that you do. But I also I'm also on the side of him, too. You know, like um, it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. And, you know, like you supposed to just act accordingly, whatever that may be, you know, uh Act accordingly, man. It's a restaurant. You know, it, he's trying to turn it into a four-star restaurant, a four-star black-owned restaurant, a four- or five-star black-owned restaurant and where play, people can get dressed up and come to. And, you know, and it, it will rival those other um, those other restaurants. And if it's done properly, it, it will get there. It will get there. Um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm on both sides. Um, yeah, like, don't ever tell black women what to do. But... You would hope that the type of black women that would show up to this, to this type of establishment wouldn't even want to do that, you know, um, wouldn't even want to put themselves in a in, in a compromising position like that where 
Um, they are being told what to do. Furthermore, this is his establishment. So he does make the rules, you know. Um, now, in their defense, his DJ should have kind of read the room. Um, DJ over there playing whatever. I don't know what songs was playing. Big old freak or something. You, 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 the body Adi song or whatever. Like he plays something that makes people move, make people get up and dance. And um, or make women get up and twerk and do all of that stuff. But um, so after he checked the women for, you know, for kind of creating that environment, um, he probably should go check his DJ, too. His DJ definitely needs to be put on, you know, um, or, you know, reprimanded for that in some way. Um, I kind of read in like read a little bit of the comments. She told me that she wanted me to kind of go in depth with uh, some of the comments and like some of the people were saying like, um, yeah, the DJ shouldn't be playing twerk music. Like you shouldn't be expecting people not to twerk if you're playing twerk music. And it's like, we be total, we be totally dismissive to me as a culture sometimes of like reading, like I said, reading the room, you know what I mean? Like, and then we don't take no accountability like as a culture, like we supposed to just be this way. Um, and like Applebee's is like a bottom tier restaurant and I've never seen people turn up in there like that. You know what I mean? It's a bottom tier. Like as far as like the food chain is concerned, like the, the upper the upper echelon of restaurants, um, a- Applebee's is nowhere near that. Like they're not even mentioned, you know, and I've never even seen Applebee's is like the McDonald's of those restaurants. Like they like the checkers of those restaurants, actually. Like they're not even mentioned. They not, they just a forgotten about establishment for the most part. Most people cover their face when they walk in into Applebee's. Like, um, and nobody ever goes there for their birthdays. <laughs> and you know as wild? I went to an Applebee's in in Atlanta. Um, shout out! Oh, before we get into it, shout out to my boy Ace. It was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to my guy! You know, Ace is an avid listener of the podcast. He's an avid supporter of me. He has a logistics company called um called the uh oh, what is the name of his um what is the name of his logistics company? Oh man, sorry y'all. Um, uh, is it Roadrunners? Ah, uh, he's gonna kill me for this. Anyway, he has his own logistics company. I'm gonna have to circle back with y'all to make sure that I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. I can actually see his logo in my head, but I just can't remember the name of his logistics company. But he decided to jump off um, and, and jump into entrepreneurship. He worked for Delta for a bunch of years, um, and he um, he's decided to work for himself. And you you gotta applaud black entrepreneurship. So shout out to my boy Ace. Um, I owe you one, bro, because I'm like totally butchering your, uh, your company's name right now, but happy birthday to you, bro, for sure. But, um, yeah, it, there was an Applebee's down there, um, in Georgia, it, down there in like, maybe in like Metro Atlanta somewhere. I think it was like Riverdale or, uh, Jonesboro. I can't remember where it was at exactly, but I think it was in Metro Atlanta and, um, Actually, it was. It was like a, it might have been a Morrow, Morrow GA, and um, as soon as I walked in, it felt like a club, man. I can't remember what song was actually playing, but I was just like, and it was like packed with like, we were up in there. When I say we, I mean black people. We were we were up in there heavy, 
And um, it wasn't no dancing. It was just like a, it was just a vibe. You know what I mean? Walked up in there. The music is playing. It's a nice selection of music. Some down south, you know, shake your ass type music. And everybody was just kind of just chilling. You had the people around the bar. The games was playing, you know, but the TVs were on mute. So it was really just the music just getting everything. Um, everybody was kind of in there laughing and joking. It looked like a couple people were in there celebrating birthdays. Um, and there was nothing, there was no twerking and no wild stuff going on. It was just like the atmosphere. It kind of was like, almost like a Dave and Busters (laughs) almost without the games. And, um, like I said, even in the lowest tier of restaurants like i don't see that going on you know what i mean but like when it's our stuff we want to this guy over here, he make it he's making this environment for us you know for us to come to and uh, for us to have and how many times have y'all seen restaurants going viral for like discriminating against us for little stuff you know our dress code or like people like your hair or what you have on or like you know they, they find a way for us not to be for us not to be accepted into their establishment. And here we have this guy who is trying to create, he's not complaining about that. He's not complaining. He can, he can also be up in the comment section and out there protesting and stuff like that. But he's, he does, he's a man of action. He wouldn't open up his own restaurant for us. And, you know, we want to be up in there twerking and stuff, you know, just bringing, I guess I don't know if that would be considered bringing the value of his restaurant down, but um, they definitely be looking at it in a different light. You know, if he allowed that. And furthermore, the more important part is that this man owns this restaurant. He can do whatever the hell he wants. You know, I mean, he can say whatever you want. And when he said, you know, I don't need your money. I felt that I felt that I don't need your money. If you feel offended by what I'm saying, I don't need your money. You can leave. You know, because I'm going to continue to this is my brand here. Like, I'm going to continue to build on my brand. I felt that when he said that, I felt that now for some reason, it feels like we as a people got softer. Everybody's super sensitive, right? Like, especially with the emergence of social media, like everybody's super sensitive. Everybody don't nobody can take constructive criticism. Well, everybody's on the defense and they don't think about what they say or what they do until it's been said and done. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know how we got there, man, because it's like we live our lives without any type of without any type of fear of consequence now, without any type of fear of backlash. And if somebody happens to say something now, everybody wants to jump on that on that one thing. And it's like, where how the hell did we get here? Like, how are we so sensitive now? Like, how? I don't think that that was something to be really like I was saying, I was reading the comment section. It was like people were like split in between this. Like it was, you know, women saying, oh, it's always some man trying to tell women what to do with their bodies and what they do with it. And then like you had other people like, you know, applauding him like, yeah, like finally, you know, what I mean, somebody even said, yo, I'm not even trying to smell twerk air. While I'm ordering, you know, when I'm ordering my lobster, my my grilled lobster, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to smell twerk air, you know, which was funny, which is funny as fuck to me when they said that. But um, I get it. I get both sides. I do. I get both sides. But me, I wouldn't even be thinking to like even with the music playing, I wouldn't even be thinking like 
to do something like that. I mean, of, of course, I'm not going to be twerking, but I'm just saying, like, I wonder what be going through. Well, on the would be going through people's heads when they decide to do something like that. And I get it. It's an attention thing. We live in an attention era. Like, it's easy for somebody to turn on the camera. You get a few of your girlfriends to hype you up with the A's in the background. And next thing you know, everybody's twerking. You know, now it's a whole strip club. And that video goes viral. And it doesn't go... The restaurant doesn't get recognized for this awesome customer service and this awesome delay of the building and, you know, and the food. It gets recognized because these women decide to turn into a strip club in the back of that joint, you know, like and now you're attracting the wrong crowd. Now you're going to have all those tight jean choke chain wearing rappers up in there thinking that, Oh, it's a strip club type environment. You know what I mean? They're going to be up in and out. Here they come. They throwing money. They got the money phones up when they, up to their ears. They walk in and they throwing money. And like uh, this establishment that this man started, that he wanted it to be something classy, just turns into something assy and trashy, man. It's a, it's, it's wild. It's wild, yo. It is wild. Um, I think people are getting on to like, me recording in my closet because I swear I hear all types of sounds now when I'm in my closet. I think maybe maybe I have somebody like on the other end listening to my podcast, so it's like a one-of-one one, uh, crowd of mine on the other end that's like listening to the podcast as I'm recording. Um, but I swear I'd be hearing people when I'm in the closet, and I this used to be the quietest place. Um, yesterday, my, my, my neighbors, they had like an all out, just an all out Christmas bash upstairs, bro. It forced, it, it was so loud in here. It forced me to go to the gym like that. It like f literally forced me to go to the gym. I didn't have anywhere else to go. I definitely wasn't going to go out and start doing DoorDash around that time of the night. And it literally forced me to go to the gym, y'all. Like I, I put on all my gym clothes. They ran back big old freak for the third time. I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I threw my gym clothes on and all you seen was my brake lights, baby. Like I was at the gym and I got a nice workout in. So thank you. My, I have to thank my neighbors for that. You know, I'm thinking them subconsciously because I'm not going to go knock on the door and let them know that. But, um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I went to the gym and I had a nice little workout yesterday. Um, also shout out to the homie Pierre. I went to the gun range last week on a dolo mission. Um, I just copped a 45 ACP, so, um, I went to go test that joint out, the recoil on it and everything like that. I am a registered gun owner and, um, I'm a pretty damn good shot now. Like I'm t patting myself on the back. Um, I did kind of jam my wrist a little bit, but that's only because I wasn't used to the recoil. Um, but yes, I have a 45 ACP now, which is dope. And I um, ran into this dude named Pierre who was also testing out um, a gun, a new gun that he had just purchased at the gun um, at the gun emporium. And he me and him had a nice conversation, man. Just, you know, he actually complimented me on my sneakers. I can't remember what I had on. I think it was a pair of Sacconis or something like that. He told me he haven't seen them since like. He haven't seen a pair of those since like the 90s, early 2000s and, you know, asked me where I got them from. And then that kind of just broke the ice with me and him, you know. Um, of course, I pitched the fact that I have a podcast now and uh, he told me he was going to take a listen. So, Pierre, shout out to you, bro. Um, shout out to you, fam. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours. Uh, and I hope your wife gets better. Um, 
I did add her to my prayer list. I pray for her this morning. So, um, yeah, but circle back around to the topic on both. I'm on both sides, but we do. We definitely got to get better, man. Um, and I'm tired of saying that. That's another thing that's just so tiresome, man. I'm tired of saying we got to do better. We got to do better. We got to do better. Like, that's just verbal stuff. How about we just be better? Like, how about we just start thinking about other people? You know, how about we start thinking about what we want for ourselves? How about we start thinking about what we want for our kids? You know, like, I feel like even if you don't, if even if you don't um, do these things around your kids, I feel like somehow it gets instilled in them. Like, because your kids are an extension of you. They literally have your blood running through them. So, um, and with us being kinetic beings, I think that, like, I feel like if you're a good-hearted person and you rock out on a different mental wavelength where like you put other people before you and stuff like that i think that like somehow that gets instilled in your kids now they eventually you know they have to make their own decisions and they're gonna have to live their own life but um i think the foundation is there for them to be good people based off of you being a good person um you being a thoughtful person or a person that um you know a heartful person or whatever it is that you are, I think the foundation is laid there just by you having your child, you know, and then, you know, they, of course, it's learned behavior with all this stuff, especially if they live around you, they see how you move and all of that. It's learned behavior. But um, even if they're not, even if you're not around your child as much, my daughter lives in Pennsylvania. I'm, I see her as much as I can physically see her. Um, Me being down here in Baltimore and pre COVID, she was down here like all the time, like, like every weekend she was down here. But um, I'm very conscious about like what I do, what I say around her, what I watch. Um, I don't want me being the culprit for her learned behavior being like in, being put in a negative light. Uh, like I'm very, very conscious about that stuff. Even like my conversations around her, you know, um, who I'm talking to, what I'm talking about, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, all of that stuff. Uh. All that stuff plays a part. And your kids be listening, man. Like, they soak all of that stuff up. My daughter's very, very smart, um, book-wise. And she picks up on some of the street stuff that... Some of the street stuff that um, that I'm aware of and that I've kind of lived through. Um, so, you know, with that, I just... you know, I want her to be both. I want her to... It's stuff that you can learn from being in the street and just being around people who are street people that you definitely won't learn in those books and the stuff that's in the books of course that um will help you progress further in life so i'm happy that she you know she kind of gets both of those things and then her mother's side of the family is like the same way her mother's very book smart um and she's somewhat street smart i would say um just because she grew up around those type of characters so i'm hoping that all of that stuff rubs off on her and it kind of again, lays the foundation for who I hope that she aspires to be as a person. Um, and I'm going to be here every, you know, from every scraping to every scar. So, um, and I hope that, you know, that stuff transitions into who she hangs around, like who she deems to be her friend. Early on, she was having issues, you know, choosing friends. I think that she's more conscious now, you know, she's only 12, but um, I feel like that's a good place to start off 
with letting her know like everybody's not out here for you like every girl that you run into is not your bestie your best friend none of that like you need to really like hone in on what you deem valuable to you as attributes in another person and you know um definitely be more you know conscious of who you want around you okay um <laughs> i was just thinking about like i was just thinking about her uh like this group of this young this little group of girls that lived like next door to her and um she don't really hang up with them anymore they kind of like moved away and wherever they they they, they doing whatever it is they doing and when i first met them you know <laughs> it was at my daughter's it was my daughter's birthday and she wanted to go to hibachi's uh for her birthday so you know i told her like you know get your friends or whatever we can go ride out and go to hibachi's and um you know, this is the first time I met her little her little clique. This is is weird when you're friend when you're you know to my parents that listen to the podcast. It's weird when you see your kids like form their cliques, form their they their little clique, their little because you see a lot of you in it. You know, you see how you rocked out. Like with my daughter is different because you know she's a little girl, um, and I kind of ran with like one kid back in when I was like her age. I ran with like one kid actually. In my elementary school days, I ran with one dude, this little this little albino kid named Grover. Man, shout out to Grover. I hope Grover is doing well, man. I have I haven't talked to this dude in years, you know. But that was like my ace, you know. what I mean, like I was always rock. I was always with him. We always Grover was my man because if I got in trouble, we got in trouble. If he got in trouble, we got in trouble. You know what I mean? Like in school, um, <laughs> I used to go to Faith Temple. Um, Faith Temple is the first private school that I, the first school I went to and it was a private school and it was an elementary school. It was an elementary school that taught all the way up until middle school, I believe. So I think they went from elementary to middle or maybe even elementary to high school. Um, but I'll never forget, man. Uh, <laughs> they used to be in a building down um, over the east side. My mom used to, over the east side of Chester, my mom used to drive all the way from the west side to the east side to drop us off, which is not a far drive. I'm making it seem like it's a far drive, but Chester's very small. Um, it took, if, but as a kid, if it feels like it took forever to get there, but my mom would drop us off, and um, every morning when she dropped dropped me off, Grover's mom would be dropping him off. So we always got out like the car at like the same time, and that was my guy. So I couldn't wait to see him. You know what I mean? So one time. <laughs> Faith Temple was started in a building that happened to be an old house that they converted into a school. Um, Dr. Strand and all the people, Dr. Dr. Strand and Mrs. Strand and, you know, um, Dr. Strand, Mrs. Strand, um, his son, um, his son who did go there, but he was like in the, he was way ahead of me, like in um, school years. He might've been like the ninth or 10th grade when I met him um, and his daughter as well. Like they, they was like way ahead of me. Um, they, yeah, we, you know, me and Grover used to get out the car. Um, I want to say it was about overall, it might've been a good, maybe hundred students in this school. Um, between all the grades, it was like a hundred students in this school. 
and it was started in an old house, like legit an old house that they turned, they converted into a school over there. And upstairs there was a bathroom and it was like, they were still in the process of, they, they were talking about buying another building and convert, like the whole school was going to move to this other building that was on 291, which is um, a highway. It's a highway that takes you right into like um, Southwest Philly. So Southwest and South Philly and, but they didn't get the building yet. So <laughs> we were in this old house. Um, and again, it's about a hundred students overall. So they had bought the house and they had bought this house on the corner. They bought a house next door and they knocked down a wall and they made it, you know, a bigger facility. They made it a facility overall, but they haven't done, they, they weren't done converting everything in the building. So they still had this bathroom. The bathroom had, a the bathroom had a tub that was still in there and i'll never forget this man i might have been in like maybe the fourth grade this is the first time i got paddled too the first time i got paddled was was here um which sent me on like a few other times that i got paddled like i kind of was like one of those kids that just i just wanted to see how shit worked you feel me so um yeah so I'm up in this bathroom. I asked to go to the bathroom, whatever. And the teacher let me go to the bathroom. It was like nap time. I was never a big fan of nap time as a kid. So like, I would just be like trying to figure out ways to keep me up until it was time for us to go to recess. Um, And the teacher would literally like walk around our mats and like check this, like on some warden type shit. Like she would walk around our mats and look down and check and see if we were asleep. So like, I was always the guy that was like faking sleep or like always had to go to the bathroom a million times. Like I just couldn't stand just being stationary as a kid. But anyway, I asked her, could I go to the bathroom? I go to the bathroom. It's a tub still in there. The tub is still in there. They haven't moved the tub. Um, the toilet, the toilet It's you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a large size bathroom for sure. Like it's, it's a, a large size bathroom, but they haven't moved the tub out of there. They had four gallons of spring water or just, I don't know if it was distilled water or whatever, but it was just like four gallons of water at the foot of the tub. Like um, it was outside the tub, but at the foot of the tub. And I don't know why, but I don't know why I did this still to this day. But like while I was in the bathroom, I just opened up one of those. I opened up two of those and I just dumped them down the drain. I don't know why I did that. I still don't know why I did that. It was one of those things that like, yo, you just didn't, I just didn't know why I was doing shit like that. You know what I mean? And come to find out they had clipped the plumbing, the plumbing that was on there. Cause they was going to move that tub. So like they disconnected all the plumbing, right? Disconnected all the plumbing. And, um, so there was no free pipe that was leading to the main drain pipe. If you know anything about, um plumbing you know you have that drain pipe that leads to like the main you have the drain pipe that leads to like the main drain that you know carries whatever wastewater out to you know um the processing facility or whatever it is right so um or to the sewage i'm sorry to sewage so i dumped all this i dumped two gallons of that down there and nothing happened so i was just like all right let me just dump the last two and i don't know what made me do that and i dumped all four gallons of water into this tub and the tub was that that bathroom was directly over top of my principal's office dr strand's office that bathroom was directly over top of that office right tell me why 
he had drop ceiling in his in his office. Drop ceiling is drop ceiling is like those um I can't even explain it, man. It's like another layer of ceiling, but it's like it's like a fabricated layer of ceiling. It's not even like real ceiling. Like they have the drop ceiling, which is like these um these plates, but they're not metal or anything like that. They made out of like fiberglass or something like that. And you sit them in these like metal grooves and it sits below the actual real ceiling. And most people get drop ceiling to cover up. Um, you see it in office buildings all the time. They get it to cover up like you'll see plumbing and all of that stuff. It makes it more it makes it more professional looking. You'll see it in like doctor's offices, corporate buildings and stuff like that. I don't think they actually use it anymore because it's like it's highly flammable. Um, and, you know, one little spark could like light a whole building on fire. But back in the day, a lot of like corporate buildings used it. Um, and it, like I said, it was just to cover up like the ugly part of the ceiling. Like if they were doing work up there or whatever, or if like it was very exposed, they would um, use that drop ceiling um, to kind of cover that up. Little did I know, since they disconnected that um, that drain pipe. When I dumped all that water down the uh, drain, it literally, it literally came down onto the head and to onto the head and his whole desk and everything is computer. This is when they had the fat back computers, like the old joints, the big with the heavy ass monitors and all of that. Like this is when they had them. We got the flat screen joints now. Like we we really upgraded, but like th- like it, all of that water came down. And I heard Doctor Strand like I can literally hear him. He ain't say what the fuck, but he said something of that nature, you know, um, and I knew my ass was grass. Like I knew that it was a wrap for me, you know, um, and of course they didn't have to do any type of first 48 to first 48 things to find out who did this. Like I was the only one in the bathroom at that time. You know what I mean? So yeah, I got my ass paddled for the very first time. They called my mom, then my mom whipped my ass. So it was just like, like they called my mom. My mom came up there, picked me up. I had an early dismissal. I got an early dismissal to get my ass whooped, man. Like, and I still, you know, I still bring that up because I'm like, I'm still mentally scarred from that because like I had twice the ass whooping that day. I thought that the paddling would be enough, but um, apparently my mom thought my mom thought otherwise, and you know I got my ass whooped, but. It is what it is. I don't know why I thought about this like quick little story time. I needed to tell y'all that. But yeah, man, when he took me down to that office, man, and I seen his desk and his desk was completely wet. He was completely wet. Like he was wet from like water was still dripping down his nigga's head. Like that's like it was still dripping down his head and everything like his computer. Everything was wet. You know, he told me that they had to trash that computer. Uh, you know, him and my mom got into it because my mom was like, he was basically telling my mom that like I needed to replace um, or she needed to replace the computer or whatever. Like he told her that he was going to like, they try to work out something where like she was going to add, they was going to like spread out the payments on that amongst the tuition that she was paying. And my mom was just like, she wasn't having it. And I guess that's the real reason why I got my ass whipped was because she had to go up there and negotiate. Uh, she had to go up there and negotiate, my, you know, the 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 repayment plan on that on that computer you know um and i think that she ended up not having to pay anything um some type of school insurance or something like that that they then filed for and they ended up getting that they ended up getting a new computer um but yeah man that was you know 
remember back in the day, computers was like super dumb expensive. Like that was probably like a thousand dollars that just got trashed because I just dumped all this water down the drain. But anyway, yo, listen, I've been talking your heads off. Um, those are my thoughts. I hope I answered your questions in some form. Um, anonymous. <laughs> I'm not even going to say your name. I know who it is that sent me the damn question, but, um, I hope I answered your question. Um, and thank you for using the, the, the Gmail account. Again, that's tired of talking pod at gmail.com. Um, email address for y'all to email in any questions or any things that you guys want to talk about or things that you would want my thoughts on. I don't know why you would want that, but, <laughs> um, if you want my thoughts on something, I'm here. Um, and I'll try my best if it's something that's if it's something that I care about or something that I should be looking into. Um, I'll definitely do my research on that and we'll keep it moving from there. That's a good place to cut it off, man. I've been talking to you all for 36 minutes, almost 37 minutes. Probably stretched it all out longer than what it needs to be. But um uh shout out to Ming. <laughs> Ming is a Ming um Ming. <laughs> Ming is Ming. Ming is a great person. I've known Ming for a while now. Um, she's the homie. She gave me some great words of, um, she almost, you almost got me there, Ming. You almost got me there, uh, with the, with, with her little message that she sent me earlier this, uh, this week, you know, about my last podcast, actually my Friday episode. Um, but shout out to Ming. Like I said, she's a av- she's another avid listener of the podcast and, you know, she's pretty much supportive of anything that anybody's doing that is progressing them. So, um shout out to Ming man. We got a lot of history man. She's good people. Love you to death Ming. Uh and shout out to everybody else, all the new subscribers man. It jumped like 25 subscribers um recently and I don't know what made that happen, but I'm grateful for it. Y'all going to be just listening to a guy's just open thoughts. There's no real basis behind anything that I'm speaking on. So um a lot of silliness is here. You know, a lot of my goofiness spews out on here. I be singing now. I be rapping now. So um, just be prepared for all of that. Anyway, this is the Tired of Talking podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and I will see y'all on the other side. Peace. <laughs>